Accomplishment Coaching is proud to present the following fine programming. Accomplishment Coaching, where coaches lead and leaders coach. AccomplishmentCoaching.com Welcome to The Coaching Show with your host, Master Certified Coach Christopher McCollum. And our thank you very much, Dick Warren. Our visual people will see that today we're um, very excited to have an in-studio guest, and uh, I can't wait to have the conversation we're going to have. Of course, we'll try and remember that there's video, there's audio. <laughs> remember to talk it in the microphones, because at least previously in our conversations, we get a bit animated. Yeah, what? And life is complicated, so just welcome to the true world. You know? <laughs> there we go. Uh, you can tell by his dulcet tones that he's going to be an awesome experience for us today and for you. I'm uh, busily looking up some things on my uh, iPad here. Excuse that. But here's the thing. We've got to let you know, my dear listener, um, first of all, that about our longtime sponsor of this show and also about um, our media partnership with the International Coach Federation. This man here, Tom Crane, knows the value of the International Coach Federation. We've been around long enough to have seen it sort of be um, a question mark and then grow into a large exclamation point. And I'm delighted, happy, um, proud to be a media partner. This show, the coaching show, is a media partner with the International Coach Federation. Our partnership is now in its fourth year. And it gives us the welcome opportunity to acknowledge the fine work of the folks involved at the International Coach Federation, the association. The ICF is the leading global organization dedicated to advancing the coaching profession, and they do that by um, building a worldwide network of trained coaching professionals, in fact, the largest worldwide network of trained coaching professionals. They set high standards. They provide independent certification. And as the world's largest organization of professionally trained coaches, ICF adds instant credibility to its members, like me, uh, ICF is committed to connecting professional coaches with the tools and resources they need to succeed in their careers. And that's really important. I don't know about you, but uh, there have been many times when I've been sort of at the last minute trying to find some ROI justification for a client to hire a coach or for an organization to go with coaching. And all of those resources, all the research, all the tools that you need, in fact, other people's pitches are all available at the ICF website. The International Coach Federation is a huge storehouse of valuable tools and resources. If you want to learn more and stay up to date with ICF News, including finding out about their global conference this year, which, Tom, summertime in Washington, D.C., Hmm? Mm, that'll be uh, warm. <laughs> it's <laughs> be it's deliciously swampy. <laughs> right. uh, but it is it is the first uh, global conference they've had in, I think, five years. So you want to be there. I want to be there. I will be there. To learn more about ICF and to stay up to date, you can visit coachfederation.org or, and uh, follow ICF on Twitter. Their handle is at ICFHQ. That's at ICFHQ. Um, we're delighted to also have an ICF representative on our show each month, so be sure to tune in because we've had everyone from the executive director, chief, everybody, chief of everything, to you know the people that are in charge of the chapters and people from different parts of the world. It's an extraordinary, extraordinary opportunity. Um, in addition, let's see, uh, I want to let you know about our longtime sponsor of this podcast. For over 14 years, we've 
been proud to be sponsored by Accomplishment Coaching. And I don't know about you, but when I looked for coach training, I wanted the best. I didn't want the the least expensive. I didn't want the easiest. I wanted the finest coach training because I knew I was going to do it one time and I wanted to do it right. So Accomplishment Coaching has, from the beginning, designed itself, positioned itself, and kept uh, to their commitment of being the world's finest coach training program. So if you like Yale and Harvard or looking for the Stanford or Oxford of coaching, check out AccomplishmentCoaching.com. Accomplishment Coaching is in six cities around the United States and Canada. And uh, you can actually go. One of the things I love about them is you can go and visit their program. It's not a black box. You can go and see what the approach is, what their style is, what it looks like. It's all in-person coaching. And you get a coach for the entire year of the training program. So it's not modular. It's not, you know, do this and then do that. It's one program, one time. But you get all the tools you need to do whatever sort of coaching you want to do. Accomplishment Coaching, uh, we're delighted to continue to be sponsored by them. Check it out at AccomplishmentCoaching.com. All right, let's get to it. Uh, Delighted, ecstatic, been looking forward to this for some time. The uh, great Tom Crane is with us. He's an international consultant, facilitator, author, and speaker who specializes in leadership. He assists leaders in creating high performance through the development of high-performance coaching cultures. Works with all level of leaders and he wrote this book that we have been delighted to talk to you about before and multiple times, The Heart of Coaching. Now in its fourth edition, The Heart of Coaching is the foundation of all the work that Tom does in organizations uh, that are very impressive uh, around the world and we could give you the list but let's get to it. Uh, the founder of Crane Coaching, a resident of San Diego, California, a member of the OD Network, Society for Human Resource Management, and the American Society for Training and Development, and San Diego Professional Coaches Advisory Board. We're delighted to welcome back to our microphones Tom Crane. Hello, sir. Good morning, sir. Well, uh, Thank you for your kind words. <laughs> it's a privilege <laughs> to have you here. Thanks for uh, experimenting with us and being here. I know that it seems sometimes like we're far away and perhaps sometimes like we're too close here in, in this. So... <laughs> Leadership, you know, in the words of the great Bruno Mars, that's what you like. Uh, But we seem to be in at least a crisis of leadership or at least a very divisive time when it comes to leaders these days. What what do you see when you look at the leadership, either the political landscape of leadership or the state of leadership in organizations? Maybe that's two different questions. Well, I think it's uh, the common thread is uh, the, the process of leading, uh, having people being willing followers and engaged and enrolled in the mission of that enterprise, whatever that is, whether it's a for-profit, uh, a, uh, a health care organization, uh, a not-for-profit, uh, just the common thread there is about leading people. And so under the pressures that we've been under for, say, the last decade mm-hmm. uh, or so, uh, the, the financial meltdown, and I think that that set up in motion. Uh, uh, the pressure sometimes brings out the best. It can also bring out the worst. So part, part of what I see, and I work with leaders in their teams, is uh, a blend. You see people under the pressure, the stress, falling back into old habits, looking at, uh, you know, using an old machine model of people mm-hmm. are nothing but uh, uh, resources to uh, to leverage the production, their production um, uh, and except for cogs my, in the wheel. my army of clone robots, that's not true for most <laughs> organizations, right? But, exactly. So 
what's the model that that does work or that you what when you come into an organization and yeah. you can see mm-hmm. as most of us can pretty much right mm-hmm. off that there's a leadership issue what are some of the clues that leadership is the uh issue well uh it's interesting i i brought with me a schedule that shows some research that's just about a year and a half old from the uh uh, Harris Polling Organization. It's amazing in that it talks about uh, the the top ten complaints from employees oh. about their bosses, about their leaders. So it's really relevant to our topic. Uh, this wasn't just my employees. No, it right? was. This it's is a larger end. Like, this okay. is generic, and this is this is a study that they did. These are communication issues that prevent effective leadership, which is what this is all about. So, do I see these symptoms? Yes, I do. Let me share with you some of the data, please. And this is a context for us. Twenty fifteen. It's Harris actually twenty fifteen data. Great uh, from the Harris poll. Can't get better than that. Uh, yeah, it does, can't get better. So it's, it's valid and, and, and interesting. So the first and the most significant issue is that uh, employees do not feel that their leaders are recognizing their achievements straight out of the box, not reinforcing, appreciating the good things that they do and the difference they make. So 63% of the respondents said they had an issue in this area. That's like two out of three right. have an issue. <laughs> Hello. Uh, not giving clear directions, 57%. So it's almost two-thirds. It, it's a huge, huge number. Not having time to meet with employees. Uh, let me walk on down to a couple below. Refusing to talk to subordinates. Really? Now, what is the potential excuse for why someone wouldn't talk with their subordinate, their direct report? I, I can't make any sense of that. But yet the data is in. It says that 51%, half the group, says there's an issue by not being talked to by their boss. Not offering constructive feedback. They call it constructive criticism, which for me is an oxymoron mm-hmm. uh, and, and, and problematic, just what, what you call it. So there's all kinds of issues relative to communications that, that, that I see and that most people who work in organizations see as well. So then the, the way we help shift that is to have them understand what the process of coaching ends up being about and how they can do that because from the coaching process and coaching engagement, they can be a far better leader. Um, it's, it strikes me that, like, you know, I appreciate you going down to some of the lower on the list, but I love that, you know, the top two, right, are completely and clearly in the leader's bailiwick, yeah. right? There's no, there's no like, oh, there's something wrong with this team, right? If you're not recognizing yeah. the achievements, two yeah. out of three, yeah. and then I don't know what the And your directions is. are not clear. Right. <laughs> where we're going. <laughs> Who's... <laughs> Our mission, our strategy, you know. One of the great uh, uh, startup guys that I know, uh, Charles Gillespie, always tells me the CEO has two jobs, culture and priorities. And, you know, that's right here, right? That's about it. It really is. I would completely agree with that comment. Recognizing achievements. Okay. So so you advocate bringing in, and, and it's sort of your, your business and has been for decades now, bringing in a culture shift. To an yeah. organization. Yeah. Is that your yeah. – so you walk in and you're like, hey, look what people are saying. Yep. And yep. then mm-hmm. what we advocate is a culture shift. It seems to me like any culture shift is a monumental task. But what, what is involved in a co- coaching culture yeah. shift? Great. The thing that makes it so daunting, I think, is people have a hard time understanding what culture is made up of. And the thing that often is said is like how we do things around here. Well, how we do things sounds like how we run our machinery. Mm-hmm. You know, and doing things is far different than how we treat people. So I think that's the other half of the equation. It's how we do things. It's how we treat people. So we've got to be able to understand that. So 
a, a culture shift is maybe we need to start doing things better, be more efficient, be more productive, be more focused on our customer and their needs, and then treat people differently as partners, as collaborators, as confidants, as, as valued members of our association. Or at least speak to them. Right? Well, hello, talk to them, provide direction, and then provide the feedback so that the people know how they're doing. Uh, the millennials, of course, are famous for, as they moved into management right. and leadership roles now, if you don't give me feedback and coach me and develop me, I'm down the road. Exactly. I'm leaving. Yeah. Ben, there's so many different pieces I want to follow up there. Um, yeah. Let's mm-hmm. start with, so when you talked about culture being yeah. how we mm-hmm. do things. You yeah. know, it reminded me of uh, Ricardo Semler, the the Brazilian guy. Have you seen his TED Talk or read his book? He, I don't think um, I know him. I apologize for, uh, for dumping him on you. But he's really great. One of the things that he said that has stuck with me for many years now, mm-hmm. uh, Ricardo Semler, is three whys. He said, in any organization, the thing you should do is ask three why questions in a row. Mm-hmm. He said, the first one, Everybody sort of looks at you condescendingly and is like, oh, you know, you poor dumb... Everybody should know that. Bunny, right, exactly. Mm -hmm. Like, of course, here's the reason we do this, Mm -hmm. right? But then if you follow up with another why question, Mm -hmm. it gets a little more complicated because then they're not so sure and it's sort of like, oh, I think, well, this is, right? You're having to re-examine your assumptions when you go deeper. And the third uh, why question, he said, you know, uh, usually devastates the, the issue. Breaks it wide open. Right. Yeah. What's, what's an example where you've gone in and had to sort of reveal to an organization or a leader that the, how they do things is actually the toxic component? Well, it's called feedback, right? So <laughs> whether, you've done, whether you've done a, a 360 or you've just talked with people or you've, you, you've often found out from, uh, from the next level down or even two levels down, what is the senior leadership, either the CEO, the president, the GM, uh, the VP, wh- whoever you're working with in this capacity? Uh, what is it that they're doing well and helps you? What is it that they're not doing well and hinders you or gets in your way or is problematic? Uh, and if you, the third the question I'll often ask is what would be a suggestion? If there's one thing you'd pass on to this leader, what would it be? What would you like to have them start doing more of or less of or stop or start? So that suggestion for going forward is, is a key piece of that. Well, then if you package that feedback, pull it together and sit down in confidence and work with that leader around their feedback that you've gathered rather informally um, because it's truthful. <laughs> it's good, solid stuff. Mm-hmm. And they can, if they can onboard that, if they can believe it, if they can get their ego out of the way enough to take it in, which is often the issue, uh, then they've got the chance to grow and develop themselves and, and get, get behind this idea of creating a culture where coaching is a common shared communication skill. We all know how to give and receive feedback, which is what opens up everything else. It makes those why questions easy. Mm-hmm. It has people become transparent. We're all working on ourselves to become a better leader. And if they don't model the way, which is where, where I think we can go in our conversation, if they're modeling that way clearly uh, and being a coach practitioner is my phrase for that, then other people will be confused. The direction of our culture will not be clear. So 
in your model, which I love, I love a good model, especially that's useful, this feedback loop is essential. Oh, yeah. I'm also hearing that when you talk about a coaching culture, you're not talking about what we most often think of, where we bring the expert coaches in to speak to the people. Absolutely no. What it, tell me what you mean by but, coaching but, culture. But there's a place for that, Christopher, to have oh, good. expert <laughs> coaches, absolutely, coaching the leaders so that they have a chance to digest and then work with their feedback and make it actionable and yeah. do something about their feedback. That's what an executive coach does far better than anybody else. An internal coach doesn't have the oomph, the power, the position, the objectivity. So the idea is to be able to do that in a way that really um, helps that leader change their behavior. So the executive coaching, the professional coaching uh, uh, folks that that do that uh, are worth their weight in gold. And then the idea is to have them all learn how to give and receive feedback with one another so they can become coaches for the people they have the privilege of leading. That's got to be golden. I mean, to actually work with people about their ability to receive feedback. Yeah. I know that we've all got um, uh, some story. I know that for me, you know, my my famous story by now is I worked with this organization that I loved so much and I loved their mission and I always wanted to work with them. And then they contacted me out of the blue. It was awesome. And then I went in, and it was a classic toxic leader situation, you know. And I went in, and the guy asked for a report, and I said, well, you know, here's your report. <laughs> Apparently, <laughs> there's luck. one problem. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. It, yeah. and uh, it was a kind of, the kind of culture mm-hmm. where you could get – there were a thousand ways to get into the doghouse, into trouble, yep. and zero ways to get out. Like yep. once you were in trouble, that was labeled. Mm-hmm. Have you had some similarly – you know, and, and the end of that story is that, you know, about, I think, two days after I delivered my report, I got a call from the assistant uh, mm. relieving me of my duties, right? <laughs> like, thanks so much. We Services need- are no longer required. <laughs> exactly. right. What about you? Have you, have you got some uh, stories either uh, similarly like you know, dead-end stories or maybe some triumph stories of toxic cultures that you were able to impact? Well, I, I, yeah, it's, you know, the, the Japanese have a saying. And by the way, I'm not here to diss leaders. I'm not here to criticize them other than to say often – because of the dynamic and the power they have, the awesome power they have as a leader, um, it's incumbent upon them to be aware of that and to use that power judiciously. Mm-hmm. Let's not talk about current politics. <laughs> I or, was going to say, I'm, you I'm, sure you don't I, want to diss a leader? <laughs> please, I just do not go there. But, but the idea is that leaders, when they really get the, the, the power that they have, they cast a huge shadow. Mm-hmm. They cast light and they cast a shadow. So the idea is to, is to grow and develop the light they can cast as they are a positive reflector of all the good things where they're trying to get to that's positive, this desired future state, and then let go of the shadow because we all have a psychological shadow, right? We all have things that we don't like about ourselves that we can project onto others. So there's a shadow uh, at work as well. So mm-hmm. to be aware of that shadow, often the feedback that they get is about, about their shadow. So uh, how do we help them change gears? Well, the idea is to define what the new culture could be, could be the possibility going forward. Can I share with you what that, how, how we work with defining that culture? Sure. Which course. recontextualizes what they've been doing and gives them hope on how they can do things differently going forward. So your report, for example, in the, in the situation I was talking about, wouldn't say, Hey, buddy. There's one problem, and it's you. You've got a, a different approach that keeps you employed and on, yeah. the, on the upward spiral. Yeah, because yeah? he or she, that leader you're talking about, is part of a system, mm-hmm. and they have a huge impact on the system. But the culture is a system of relationships, okay. and so how do we work on changing those? Well, you start at the top. So any any legitimate, not legitimate, any effective um, 
highly, highly productive culture change effort is, is one that starts at the top. People will say you start in the middle, start in the bottom. Yeah, you can start there, but it doesn't become as sustainable. It will never truly carry forward and be sustainable and become the new culture, the new norm, unless the top leadership embraces it and models it and walks that walk. So don't even bother. This is a, this is a valuable lesson for all of us because uh, many of us have been privileged to work with an organization where they say, we just want you to talk to the middle manager. Come in and train something. our managers because, exactly. you know, they, didn't, they need to be coaching. Exactly. Okay, well, let's, uh, uh, let's stop that conversation right there. So right. H- how are you doing at coaching? Uh, what is it you're effective at? Can you, do, can you sit face-to-face, eyeball-to-eyeball, and share feedback around what's not working? Can you confront those things in a positive way so the person doesn't feel beat up or criticized? Can you say it in a way that they can hear it and it becomes actionable? That's the opportunity for a leader who has, you know, they're smart people. They know where they're going. They're often the founder, the proprietor of the business. Uh, they're, they're, they've got executive talent uh, um, in crazy amounts. But the idea is how do they focus that when it comes to relating to people? And are they then also responsive to people so that they're not only able to give feedback, but they're able to receive feedback? So that coin, I talked about uh, coaching as a two-sided coin for years, Christopher. Here, that's for your pocket. This is a, a, a chip. It's a blue chip, right? So it says on one side coaching, the other side's coachability. Ah. Coaching and coachability are two sides of the same coin. I have myself on video and audio tape from 10 or 12 years ago. I've been saying that forever. I finally, a couple months ago, said, I need to go get the coin. That's brilliant. So here's the coin. And how you use it is, is this. You flip the coin. Okay. See what comes up. Ah, my mission today, in my case, is to do something around coaching. It's a daily mission. I've got to take some action that looks like me going and delivering feedback, asking questions, clarifying direction, right back to what we talked about, appreciating somebody that, you know, the top complaint. How can I acknowledge somebody's achievements? That's my mission there. If I flip it the next day and coachability, gosh darn it, that came up. That's right. I need to go, so, I need to go solicit feedback and find out how I'm doing as a leader. How am I doing as a coach? Am I a collaborator? Are expectations clear? Is my feedback actually helpful? So there's a gazillion things to talk about, but then I'm asking questions. I'm gathering feedback, so and it's my daily task. So brilliant. Coaching on one side, coachability on the other. Yeah. I love that, and I love this notion, you know, all grounded in the feedback loop. Oh, yeah. Is there any... Is there... Give us a success story, and uh, um, you know I want to get people to actually hear this in their lives. I think yeah. that as a model, we can get to it, but mm-hmm. it, um, give us an example of a sure. time that it worked and a time that it didn't work. Perfect, if you would. <clears throat> well, without naming names. Uh, <laughs> Although, you know. <laughs> uh, and, and, an exemplary leader, so I'll start it that way, uh, at a fairly large organization in the Midwest, uh, got you know, caught the fever, got the idea that his job was to be, this was a man, so he became a coach. He created um, a coaching culture. They've been on a mission of creating a coaching culture for a few years. And of the five strategic objectives every year, Christopher, one of them is always continue to develop our coaching culture. Right. So they see that as a constant, and it's an, un, it's an undergirders or underpins, what's the word? Uh, it's the foundation <laughs> for them doing the other four strategic objectives well because they've got a culture that's nimble, that's open, that's, that's compassionate, that is, is candid in the feedback that they give so they know everything else will get better if they do that. He shows up coachable. We have people work for the, uh, when we do our workshops. We have them create a coaching contract. 
Wow. Which is on a three by five card. It's laminated. It's got their logo on it, and it and it, it reminds them. They remind themselves because they write it for themselves. These are the two or three coaching behaviors I am going to focus on going forward, and they carry that with them. It's in their organizer. It's in their shirt pocket. It's at their desk, so that they are re- constantly reminded. Uh, of what their intention is in terms of their behavioral uh, uh, objective for the day. So they use that as a mantra. They use it as a guide. Well, this guy, Bill, shares his coaching contract when he opens meetings. Wow. And he's starting to have the rest of the team share their coaching contract because he knows the power of intention. He knows the power of them, him and everybody using the process of giving and receiving feedback on a daily basis. So he is a is an ex- excellent role model and, and shows the way for others because he's transparent. He's working on himself. He's able to do that. He's comfortable in his own skin so he can say, hey, I'm working on being a better listener. I've had issues in the past. I sometimes shut down. I come up with the next answer before I, I don't really listen. I, I need help in this area. So know I'm working on my listening and I want your ongoing feedback. Am I getting better? Am I staying the same or am I getting worse? He asks for feedback. That's stunning. It is. Right? That's it like is. your your golden you know uh, moment. And I'm assuming that not every engagement, not every leader, <laughs> is quite that open. I'm, I'm challenged myself as I'm thinking about it. You know, I I know what those what at least a couple of those behaviors would be that I need mm-hmm. to take on as a leader in my mm-hmm. organization, and I'm. Like, oh, you know, you had me until I had to tell people what those are. Right? Well, yeah. <laughs> See, that's the transparency. That's the openness. And, and, and without that level of being willing to share of yourself and who you are as a human being and the fact that you're fallible like everybody uh, else, that's what makes you human. That's what makes me able to believe you. Because if you walk in with a suit, you never take your suit off. It's an ironclad suit, right? There's this role I play. There's this power and position that I'm in, if I, and that's ego-driven. Right. And if I let that become absolutely the way I do things, the way I conduct myself, I'm not open. I'm not transparent. I'm not available. I'm not present with you. The human being, Tom, the human being, Christopher, is not here with me. That's what's missing in most places because of the severe pressure we've been under. We pull back. We defend ourselves. Defense is an ego act. So we're defending ourselves rather than opening ourselves up to see what's next. Man, and that ties so beautifully with this coin that I'm fumbling with, you know, and the coachability. That's yours to keep, by the way. Thank you so much. It's beautiful. Um, Let's let's go back to the – is there a story that's almost the opposite direction? Yeah, yeah. Classically, uh, uh, people have other people that act as consultants or coaches that run into this as well, which is, you know, come in and fix my people. Right. Because, you know what, they, they, they don't know how to coach and they, they, don't really, uh, they don't really quite get this. So you know, they need to strengthen uh, their ability to give and receive feedback because this CEO is, you know, pounding the table, needing more and more and more, grow, grow, grow. Well, um, Halfway through an engagement, um, I got a comment from a senior executive at an organization where we're talking about the value of coaching and really focusing on ongoing implementation and how we continue to take it deeper and bring in the next level and then hold up the mirror and look at how well he or she was doing at that moment. Uh, It was a he. I'm so sorry. I totally got enthralled in our that, conversation. That must mean something. <laughs> it does. It's, it's just like the Oscars. Yeah. Um, what, what that means is we've got to take a break here. And I'm so sorry. Please remember where you are in the story. I will. I apologize. That was my bad for not looking at the clock. Uh, you, my dear listener, listen to these important messages. And when we come back, more with Tom Crane. Check him out at craneconsulting.com. Hi, Mary. 
Our gross has me looking for new furniture, but I can't find the right vendor. Can you help? For sure. Do you know a company that will give me a great value? For sure. Do you know a company that provides great selection? For sure. Do you know a company that is professional and responsive? For sure, it's Shore. Shore Office Warehouse has been providing great value, service, and selection for over 40 years. It's Shore, for sure. ShoreOfficeWarehouse.com. Hi, this is Rob Barnett, CEO and founder of VinVillage.com and the Wine and Dine Show on VinVillage Radio. Do you have a wine, event, product, or service to promote? Then contact VinVillage.com to reach thousands of wine lovers across the country. VinVillage connects like-minded wine enthusiasts with unique and exclusive wines, events, products, and services. To learn more, contact us on VinVillage.com. VinVillage is where wine lovers connect. Do you want to be a professional coach? Are you in business trying to make a real difference with people you manage or work with? Have you started a coaching practice that isn't quite getting off the ground? Get the skills you need to be a successful coach today with the Coach's Training Program from Accomplishment Coaching. The Coach's Training Program will show you how to help others focus and be more fulfilled. Whether you want to improve your company's bottom line or create a thriving coaching practice, Accomplishment Coaching can give you the distinctions and practices you need to coach others effectively today. Accomplishment Coaching has spent six years developing a cutting-edge coaches training program that will have you ready to coach people professionally in just 12 months, and you don't have to take time off work to do it. To find out more about the coaches training program, just call 1-888-548-6813. That's 1-888-548-6813. Gotham Books presents Marriage Rules by Harriet Lerner. The book Martha Beck calls required reading for anyone hoping to interact successfully with any other human, not just for those in romantic relationships. Get your copy wherever books and ebooks are sold and visit harrietlerner.com to learn how to change your marriage today. <laughs> 